Tuesday, October 3, 2023, hybrid in-person and virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Dori Kaminong, and I am the Commission's President. We will start with announcements. We would like to start the meeting with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for people who reside, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional homeland or territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on our traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall, room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view on Zoom or listen to by calling 1-669-900-6833 using meeting ID 821-2153-6201. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. For those attending remotely, the commission will hear up to 20 minutes of public comment uh, total for each agenda item. Because of the 20 minute time limit, it is possible that not every person in the queue will have an opportunity to provide remote public comment. Public comment from people who, are, who have received an accommodation due to disability will not count towards the 20 minute limit. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium. Come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have three minutes. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to the commission staff behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you're also viewing the meeting at SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. Okay, thank you. Let's start with the roll call. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Here. Commissioner Falzon. Here. Uh, Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Thomas. Here. Commissioner Torres. Here. And Commissioner Wong is excused. Okay. Uh, the next item on our agenda is general public comment. Is there any public comment for items not listed on the agenda? Uh, no public comment for this item. Okay, public comment is closed. The next item on our agenda is item number three, approval of the minutes for September 19, 2023 commission meeting. Okay. Do we have a motion? I move approval of the minutes. Seconded. 
Thank you. Is there any public comments on the minutes? No public comment for this item. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, somebody mute their phone, please. Hard. <laughs> 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 me down. All right. That was Commissioner Falzon. Prove that old man. <laughs> Some entertainment. The entertainment. We're having senior moments. Good tune, though. <laughs> okay. All right, um, now I'm gonna have my own senior moment. Is there public comment on this item? <laughs> no public comment for this item. Okay, public comment is closed. And the next item on- oh, Sorry, we have to vote. Vote. Um, Thank you. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. And Commissioner Torres. Aye. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Everybody's all in different places. <laughs> okay. All right, the meeting minutes have been approved. The next item on our agenda is item number four, report from the executive director. Thank you, President Camino. Um, I'm uh, remoting in this evening, so thank you for Bearing with me on this, I am home not feeling so well, so it's nice to have this option. Um, good evening to all the other commissioners as well. Um, I wanted to take my director's report item this evening to provide you all with a report back regarding year two of Portola Music Festival. Uh, Golden Voice, the team behind Portola, made significant improvements to the festival this year, including security plan improvements to better manage crowds and ingress and egress issues from last year, as well as some impactful changes to their sound mitigation plan. So before I get into those changes and discuss some of those improvements with you from this year, I wanted to provide some data around attendees and any medical or security issues that came up. Uh, so letting you know that on Saturday they had uh, around 31,000 attendees and on Sunday they had 24,000 attendees. We're really pleased to report that uh, there were no significant medical or security events throughout the weekend. There were only five medical tra uh, transports um, and none of them were uh, critical. Um, and then, um, and that was on Saturday. And then on Sunday, there were only two and those were just due to intoxication. So all in all, that, those are really good uh, data points uh, regarding uh, medical and security concerns. So I wanna just really focus some energy tonight to highlight some of the changes that we witnessed this year. As you know, we brought this permit application to the commission earlier this year, and the commission and staff worked diligently to recommend improvements to the sound plan for Golden Voice this year in response to last year. Um, these changes included advanced planning efforts on Golden Voice's behalf, like hiring experts in the field of sound management to assist in making changes to the configuration of stages and amplifiers to better direct sound away from sensitive receptors, and also be able to target um, specific waves of sound in real time, um, as well as placing sound meters in four key locations between San Francisco and Alameda neighborhoods that were impacted last year. So those sound meters were able to measure ambient sound for five days leading up to the event weekend. And we're also actively measuring sound in real time throughout the duration of the weekend. 
The real-time sound measurements were then able to show if there was any impact to the sound levels at those four key locations related to the previously recorded average ambient sound data that was collected at those locations for the five days leading up to the event weekend. As you can imagine, um, folks like myself, Deputy Director Azevedo and Senior Inspector Verina were definitely nerding out around uh, the sound uh, management that the festival had. We spent a half day at the event site on Friday to see the changes that they had made from the previous year and to be there to uh, conduct their sound test and be there for the sound check. We were also able to meet in person with their community relations team as they prepared for the weekend. Um, and that team did not exist last year, so this is a significant change. And it consisted of hired staff that were assigned to work at their call center that we required them to have. And they were there to speak with complainants in real time regarding any issues they were experiencing. Um, and also what was uh, very valuable this year was the fact that those uh, call takers were sitting in the same trailer as uh, the sound uh, management team, uh, and they were able to field those complaints in real time and then be able to make changes in real time by communicating with the staff that actually managed the sound. Uh, so we sat with that team and looked at sound level data uh, measured in the week leading up to the festival and discussed how the team planned to not only monitor all five of those sound meters throughout the weekend, but how they would in turn work with that staff that were fielding phone calls. Uh, so to complement these efforts, just wanted to note for all of you that uh, EC staff worked with 311 to educate call service representatives about Portola's complaint hotline. The 311 website also had a banner directing website complainants to utilize the hotline. And during our visit on Friday, our staff worked with Golden Voice to set a sound limit that was me measured from the front of house soundboard at the main stage. And the level that we provided was consistent with other large scale outdoor events. And when we had them produce that sound, it did not impact the average ambient sound levels at the receptors where the sound meters were located in both San Francisco and Alameda. And to ensure compliance with the limit that we provided, the festival positioned their fifth stationary sound meter at that location at the soundboard for constant monitoring throughout the event, both at the soundboard and remotely in the trailer where, where the call center was located. Uh, so after that visit on Friday, uh, we visited uh, multiple times during the festival weekend on Saturday and Sunday, checking in with the staff about complaints. Um, and EC inspectors also conducted six compliance checks throughout the weekend, including three on Saturday and three on Sunday. During each of our visits, the festival volume was compliant with their approved sound limit. Um, but of note to all of you is that Saturday was a really successful day in regard to complaint mitigation. The festival only received 17 complaints directly. 16 were from the city and one from Alameda. And our office received 13 311 complaints directly, 12 of them being from the city. 
On Sunday, however, there was a change in the weather pattern, including wind and fog that were not present on Saturday. Um, the festival worked to operate at a lower decibel level, level because of that weather um, from the limit that they were operating at on Saturday to ensure compliance below the limit we issued, but also to try to mitigate against that weather pattern. Um, however, complaints from Alameda came in large numbers for the last four hours of the festival on Sunday, amounting to 180 calls and emails that were fielded directly by Portola and 25 complaints that were submitted directly to the Entertainment Commission, either in real time or some came in after the fact. I will note that of those 180 complaints that went to Portola and 25 that came to us, only four of them could be attributed to San Francisco residents. So we're planning to connect with the city of Alameda about these complaints and concerns in the coming days. I know that the festival organizers are already doing the same, communicating with the city of Alameda. And regardless of these complaints, um, I really do believe that Portola worked very hard to be a good neighbor to the residents of both our city and Alameda County this past weekend and prior to that. They constantly monitored their impact on the community and took care to ensure that they were in compliance with their limit for both our county of San Francisco, but also for Alameda County um, based on their municipal police code by measuring decibels throughout the festival weekend. So we're currently working with Golden Voice to ensure that they're following up with any of the complainants that uh, reach out to us directly. And we'll of course follow up with all of you for any further information regarding our conversations with Alameda, uh, the city of Alameda, um, and to provide any further information that we might receive specifically regarding uh, any meteorolo meteorological data, that's a very hard word, from Sunday and how it might have impacted the flow of sound to Alameda County. Um, I'm going to pause right there. I have a couple tiny updates after that, but wanted to see if you all had any questions. Uh, doesn't look like we have any comments or questions. You may continue. Okay, thank you, President Camino. So beyond that, I wanted to let you all know that we did not receive an appeal for the commission's findings determining a revocation of the place of entertainment permit for Stratos within that 10-day period uh, that ended last night. So the permit revocation of Stratos remains. Um, and finally, I wanted to note to all of you that I will be out of the country from October 14th to November 2nd. So I'm missing our next uh, October hearing, but you are, of course, in great hands with Deputy Director Azevedo, who will be serving as Acting Director in my stead. And that's it. Thank you so much, Director. Any comments, questions? No, thank you for the detailed update on the Portola Music Festival. I, for once, I did not get an earful from my friends in Alameda about it, so that was a good job so far. Okay. That's good. Yeah, I feel um, very pleased with the Saturday data, um, definitely. But Sunday evening, that those four hours, I know that they were having a hard time, um, and the festival was taking that very seriously, as I saw in real time when visiting their trailer um, when that was occurring. So um, 
hoping they can continue to improve year over year if they choose to continue operating um, the festival. It does bring up, it's like a college ethical quiz where you live on an island of peace directly next to a major U.S. city and enjoy many benefits of living next to a major U.S. city. And then when the U.S. city has an event and it disturbs you, who's at fault and what does it bring up? I don't have an answer for that, but it does bring up, it reminds me of like an ethics question that we, had, we would have to discuss in, in college. I mean, that's basically all of our conversations, is it not? <laughs> yeah. No, they are, yeah. It's, it's, it's different, though, because there's, there's many islands in the state of California. That one happens to be right next to San Francisco, but not a part of San Francisco, which comes with benefits, I'm sure, as opposed to living in the Delta, but some downsides as well. It's still not San Francisco. It's not San Francisco. It's true. All right, thank you. Um, is there any public comments on the report from the executive director? Uh, no public comment for this item. Okay, thank you. Public comment is now closed. The next item on the agenda is item number five, report from the senior inspector. Thank you, President Kaminong. Good evening, commissioners. We have received 111 311 complaints since our last commission hearing on September 19th. I only have two updates below. Please let me know if you have any questions. My first update is about Savoy Tivoli, located at 1434 Grant Street, who holds a POE with our office. On September 16th at 10.30 p.m., inspectors Fiorentino and Zelenak responded to a 311 sound complaint. On arrival, the inspectors observed the sound curtains drawn closed, but a sound measurement showed Savoy Tivoli to be operating 13 dBA and 7 dBC over their allowable sound limit during a live performance from a band. Savoy Tivoli was issued a citation on September 19th for violating their sound limit. Deputy, Deve Deputy Director Azevedo and I have been working with the management to mitigate this ongoing issue of sound leakage due to a semi-open air layout of this business. Previous solutions like heavy use of sound curtains have been very effective. Although this has worked well, there is one portion of the entrance that they cannot cover, resulting in their sound limit being low and difficult to stay in compliance with. I'm working with the management to cover the problem areas and make entertainment more viable at higher levels while still being compliant. My final update is about Stratos Nightclub, located at 358 Ocean Avenue. As we know, you voted to revoke Stratos's POE during our last hearing on September 19th. Inspector Fiorentino conducted a compliance check on Saturday, September 23rd. As a reminder, they no longer have to abide by a security plan, but Inspector Fiorentino did observe two male and one female security guards in front patting and wanding patrons entering the club. When he went inside, there was no entertainment in operation. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Um, just a question about Trinity. Yes. It's showing up uh, a fair amount in the enforcement report again, and it just seems like things are a little bumpy there. Yeah. So Trinity has been called back to hearing um, today. And um, so we're doing a couple things working with them. They're trying to get a 
sound limit set for their upstairs. Some of yeah. the recent complaints we've gotten are for a patio space. Um, that was part, as we described last week, um, that was not part of their presentation the last time they came to hearing. Yeah. Um, they want to use that as a private event space. As we've visited recently, they've claimed that they don't have control over that space, even though they're renting the space out to party, to private parties. So mm -hmm. what we're going to do um, within the next week is set another sound limit for them after our hearing today. Um, and we're going to try to figure out how we can take measurements from the closest sensitive receptor. Now, all of the buildings there are basically connected. It's a really kind of interesting space. Um, but we are going to do our best in order to now measure not from the front of the business, but use our closest sensitive receptor protocol in order to hopefully yield them a limit that works for the space. Um, they've also agreed that uh, they are only going to use a small Bluetooth speaker. Um, and generally, the impact will hopefully be low in that space. Right. So that's, that's the current plan for, for Trinity. Got it. Thank you. And you will be hearing them later. Their agenda is last tonight. Okay. Any other comments, questions? Okay. Uh, let's take public comments on this item. No? No public comment for this item. Okay. Public comment is now closed. The next item on the agenda is item number six, discussion and possible action to amend commission versus administrative review criteria for making a determination on one-time event permit applications with outdoor amplified sound and or outdoor entertainment and requesting extended duration. Thank you, President Camino. Um, I will be giving this update to you all this evening. Uh, just calling attention to your Google folders for this item. Uh, we've placed in there the previous draft um, of this uh, criteria from December 2021, um, as well as a copy of the draft uh, criteria um, that we're proposing changes for this evening. So uh, this item, again, it's an amendment to this criteria for our permitting ability for one-time outdoor events with extended duration. As you might recall, uh, the commission first approved this in December 2021, and this was really based off of a police code change that helped expand the ability for the commission to actually permit more than 12 one-time events at any given location in a calendar year. And so this is building off of that. Um, so you might ask what's prompting the amendment to this criteria document tonight. So for some background on that, we wanted to let you know that with the expiration of the JAM permit grace period on September 27th and the end of the pandemic version of the shared spaces program as we knew it, the city currently has a pretty um, large backlog in processing permanent shared spaces and tables and chairs permit applications for those that want to actually make their pandemic programming permanent in those shared spaces locations. 
And we've been told that it could take many more months for those land use agencies to permit the use of the space. So that leaves the Entertainment Commission with 140 businesses or so that are in limbo who are unable to begin even applying for our brick and mortar entertainment permit with uh, Deputy Director Azevedo because they don't yet have their final approved permit to use their park litter sidewalk area. Um, and it's a bit unfortunate because we've been doing everything that we can to prepare our staff and our systems and protocols to support this transition period. As you know, all of our permit applications are now online, uh, both for the customer as well as the backend experience for staff. However, we feel as though we have found some solutions to this issue. So this amendment is to help solve this problem. So essentially it would support our department's goal in helping these businesses make that jam to bam transition um, for an interim period. It would essentially sustain their entertainment operations for now and support their livelihoods and of course the livelihoods of the artists that they employ at their locations, as well as continue to support cultural vibrancy of our San Francisco neighborhoods. So specifically outlining for you all what this amendment would do, it would allow jam permits that hosted ongoing entertainment and or outdoor amplified sound activity, the ability to transfer their jam permit information to a new one-time outdoor event permit with extended duration, as long as they have received conditional or final approval for the permanent use of their outdoor parklet or sidewalk area from the land use jurisdiction. And as long as their jam permit or property approval were in good standing as well. So these permit holders would be required to fill out a jam permit transfer survey because we really don't want to require them to fill out an entire permit application since they did that on the front end with the jam program and essentially ask that they agree to abide by the conditions of the previously issued jam permit before we process the transfer. Uh, so it would allow me as the director or designated staff to then approve and issue this new one-time outdoor event permit administratively instead of creating further backlogs by requiring them to come to our hearing now when essentially we want them to focus on getting the permanent approvals and come to our hearing later when they are able to actually uh, migrate to one of our brick and mortar permits. It would not allow any change, changes again to the JAM permits time, place and manner conditions. So if they're seeking to amend those as a part of this process, it would not be considered something that we could approve administratively. So those would have to remain the same in the transfer, but again, they could be changed later by the commission at a hearing when you are all reviewing their brick and mortar permit application. Um, it would also allow this new one-time outdoor event permit to be valid for up to 365 days or until receiving the brick and mortar entertainment permit, whichever comes first. Um, lastly, in addition to the jam, jam permit transfer um, as a part of the amendment, it would also create a way for me as director to administratively approve an amendment to a one-time outdoor event permit that was previously approved by the commission. So this would give the applicant limited flexibility 
to add, extend, or change the event hours, dates, and or locations, but would only be allowed on the condition that they conduct meaningful neighborhood outreach at least 10 days in advance of the first date the changes will occur. Um, so that's the long and short of it. Um, the kind of legal document um, relevant to this work is in your folder, and we'll be taking a, a vote on this this evening if you're prepared to do so, but I want to allow you to ask any questions of me and Senior Analyst Rice at this time if you have any, um, and, and we can, of course, discuss. Okay, thank you, Director Weiland. Commissioners, do we have any questions regarding jam to one time with extended hours criteria? Thank you for managing all of that. I know it's been a, I, I won't call it a mess, but just, yeah. I appreciate all of the time and energy that's gone into making this transition as smooth as possible for our permit holders, so thank you. I think the solution is very elegant. I think it helps both small businesses not get stuck in a bureaucratic system, which they are in right now for the transition mm -hmm. at no fault of ours. And it also, I think, allows our staff to have the authority to make decisions that doesn't, doesn't get mucked up by bringing them to the commission. So I'm very supportive of this. Thank you. Um, although it's not a part of this draft criteria document for your review this evening, I do want to highlight that we are also working to find a solution so that these um, transfers are not required to pay a permit application fee from us. So we believe that that may require legislation. So wanted to give you all a heads up that we would likely plan to include that um, within the legislation that we updated you all on at the last hearing that is still set to go to committee sometime in the next month. Um, so we're hoping to include it in that so that we can essentially retroactively waive any of these um, application fees um, because we feel that that would be quite burdensome, especially again when we want them to focus on the brick and mortar entertainment permit and paying for that. Um, plus, we were not anticipating uh, a windfall of, of uh, revenue from something like this, and we're trying to make it as easy as possible for staff so that we don't need to worry too much about cost recovery. Okay, thank you. Let's go to public comment. Stefano Casolato, um, I applaud the legislation. It's also consistent with uh, Supervisor, Supervisor Asha Safai's legislation, which waives uh, the parklet fees for the year 2024, provided you get them um, approved by June of 2024. Um, I'm working with quite a few of the parklets myself. It is a, a long, drawn-out process. Um, some of mine are coming towards the towards the last phase of notification. So there, you know, there is some light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, the city and the land use departments are, you know, consistently send out um, messaging, apologizing for the delays. It's, you just have to stay with it. And it is in the process and it's 
a long, drawn-out process. Remember, all this is kind of new, uh, these transitions from shared spaces to permanent spaces, and it has to be weighed by DPW, by MTA, ADA, the fire department. So you have quite a few people looking at everything um, to make sure that they're consistent. And, um, and another thing, too, is they're not budging on flexibility. They, they, it is what it is. They're 7 by 20, and you've got to follow the rules. But there's also obstruction, uh, manholes, you know, if you're pro close proximity to the curb, you know, everything has to be um, um, compliant. I think the spirit of getting them out, the, the, the uh, parklets in the first place, was simply to save our businesses. But people were building them out. They weren't consistent. Uh, now when you shift to a permanent basis, um, the rules are very strict and you have to follow the guidelines. And there are a lot of revisions, so it's a lot of back and forth. But we're almost, we're, I think we're getting close to the end, and I'm optimistic, and I think the music aspect is going to be a great enhancement. Um, but there needed to be some intervention by this department to transition. So, and I, and I applaud you for doing that because um, it's just good legislation. Okay. There are no more public comment for this item. Okay, thank you. Do we have a motion? Uh, I move approval of the uh, changes. Second. Okay, let's get a vote. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. Thank you. The motion was approved. The next item on the agenda is item number seven, hearing and possible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. Thanks, President Camino. Good evening, commissioners. Um, <clears throat> we have two LLP permits on the consent agenda this evening. The first is for a jam to bam application, which includes both indoor entertainment and outdoor amplified sound at the front of the business for the Willows. They're requesting the same outdoor operations as they held under the jam permit and SFPD Southern Station included their standard calendaring condition. And the other permit application on consent tonight is for an indoor LLP for dance, dance theater mission. No opposition for this permit and SFPD Mission Station did not have any added conditions. So the staff recommendation is to approve the consent agenda with the staff recommendations below. Thank you. All right, is there any public comments on the permit applications? No, no public comment on this item. Public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? Motion to approve. Excellent. Second. Awesome. May we have a roll call, please? Yes. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. Your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. 
Okay, I'll continue with the regular agenda. We only have one tonight. Um, and this is for an amendment to El Rio, your dives, place of entertainment permit to include outdoor entertainment and amplified sound on their rear patio. Okay. El Rio has been hosting outdoor programming for over three decades, long before the EC existed and outdoor entertainment was under our purview. Tonight, the owner is before you to simply modernize their POE permit to include all of the entertainment that they offer. The outdoor operations will continue to include live music and performances along with community events and activations. I would like to mention that the planning department has recommended recommended approval of this amendment request tonight, but the applicant is required to file a building permit with DBI to legalize the use. As such, if conditionally granted approval tonight by you, staff won't issue the POE permit until they have completed the building permit process. They've conducted extensive outreach by sending letters to all of their commercial and residential neighbors, and they also received uh, 14 letters of support for this amendment, including letters from Supervisor Ronan and Calle 24. All of their outreach efforts are included in the file for your review, and there was no opposition for the amendment, nor did SFPD have any added conditions. So here to speak with you tonight is one of the owners, Lynn Angel. Deputy Director, can I, I'd just like to make a disclosure that uh, as I'm a neighbor of the applicant and also uh, in my capacity as executive co-chair of the Castro LGBTQ Cultural District, we have been in conversations with this Business and other businesses along that corridor for the general preservation of entertainment in that in that neighborhood. Hi, uh, my name is Lynn Angel. I am one of the current owners of El Rio. This is Sophie Lewis. Uh, she's the most talented manager and people whisperer <laughs> in the world. Um, before we talk a little bit, I was just going to play a quick video, um, and then we can do questions and stuff afterwards.
So, I hope you enjoyed that. It took a lot of, uh, a lot of really complicated work in Canva. Um, uh, so I'm just going to go through some fun facts about El Rio. Um, hopefully, as you learned from my montage masterpiece, um, El Rio was started in 1978 by Malcolm Thornley and Robert Nett. We are a community-serving event space that has been operational for 45 years this month. We are a queer-owned and operated venue that is welcoming to everyone. We actively seek out under-resourced populations and organizations to provide a spot for fundraisers and benefits at low or no cost to them. A lot of these events are on our awesome patio. At this time, we probably host over 400 events a year, and I would say about half of those are benefits. We help raise over $200,000 for those benefits annually. We are a space for teachers, politicians, the Latine Latinx community and communities of color, queer and questioning community, nonprofit workers, artists, animal lovers, activists, musicians, longtime residents, newcomers to the city, and pretty much everyone in between. I myself have worked at El Rio for over 20 years, and a lot of the crew have been there just as long as me, if not longer. Um, it's been a real honor and a privilege to be a part of this family, to join in the legacy of El Rio, and to help run this mission-based small business. And lastly, you know, just huge thank you to all you on the commission for helping to get our permit modernized. Um, we really appreciate all you do for events and nightlife. And um, Caitlin, super thanks to you for helping me through this. Um, yeah, what kind of questions can I answer for everybody? I have no questions. I just want to say thank you. I adore El Rio and have spent many, many enjoyable hours of my time there and supported your Patreon during COVID. And I'm just, I love El Rio. So thank you for keeping it open. Well, thank you. We love you. So thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, I just want to echo that. I, I think I first went there when I was 23 and just moved here. My friend Mark's band, Low Red Land, used to play there. Um, and Mark once threw a lemon from the tree and it hit me right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's one, one in the de negative category, but, um, yeah. no, 80, I just he's going to be 86 now. Yeah. I think it's just one of the most amazing <laughs> places in town. And it was like an embodiment of why I moved to San Francisco. And I was just like, this place is incredible. So thank you for the decades of work that you've done to make that place so awesome. So, well, thank you. I just want to echo my colleagues' thoughts. Um, El Rio's uh, very s uh, special to me as well. Um, How special, Stephen? <laughs> it's, uh, you want to share? It's w <laughs> well. Um, I uh, I did uh, I did have the uh, pleasure of working there a very long time ago, and also um, just as a queer person of color in San Francisco, um, it's where I met a lot of my uh, chosen family, so it's a good spot. Hi, thank you for coming in. Yeah, I've spent many times in El Rio. It's a great place to be, especially growing up as a queer young adult. It's a fun place to be, hang out and dance. Yeah. So just thank you for offering and keeping the space there for, for everyone to enjoy. Oh, thank you. Hey, 
Your montage was a masterpiece. <laughs> Thank you. My side hustle. I'll get, I'll get your info later. Yeah. Now everyone knows I love a good PowerPoint. <laughs> um, but with that said, as a legacy business, you know, we applaud you for really taking El Rio into the future and just ensuring that it continues to be a home for, for everyone. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? Uh, let's open it up to public comment. Okay. Good evening, commissioners. We have one person with their hand raised on Zoom, so I will bring them in right now. Carol Hill, if you can hear me, um, please unmute yourself, and you have three minutes. Okay. Am I unmuted? Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, President Kamina. <laughs> uh, it's great to be here. I'm great to talk about uh, El Rio. Uh, I do an event there every month, and my event is 27 years old. It will be 27 on the 28th of October. Um, and all I can tell you is I echo what everybody has said here that El Rio is a special place. Um, we have had, so in, in my, in my uh, capacity as a promoter, we've been able to do Mango, which is the club, the, the event that's been there every month. We've been able to do Mango uh, for 27 years, including through the pandemic when we did something called a taste of Mango because we could only have like five people in there at one time. But the idea was that we were able to keep uh, a space for lesbians, people of color, anybody else that wanted to come uh, through the pandemic and socially distance, uh, and then afterward, people to come back to socialize. Um, Mango is probably the oldest club. I'm going to say in the country, I don't necessarily, I don't have the data for that, but it's 27 years old, and we have not uh, no one, no one has said that they beat us yet. So uh, I'm going to say that we are. So it's an institution uh, in San Francisco. Um, it's multi generational. I have people coming up to me uh, at, at at 22 telling me that their moms uh, used to come to El Rio back when it started. So multi generational. Uh, in my other capacity as an educator, I bring several groups to El Rio to the patio. Uh, you know, anytime I have an event. And then it's such a community space that the original promoter, Chantal Saki, when she passed, we couldn't think of a better place to have her memorial service. And we had it on the patio at El Rio. So it is a super special place. Uh, Lynn is a super special uh, owner. Uh, so, you know, you saw her montage. And so you see how talented she is as well. Um, but uh, it... Mango would not be Mango without El Rio and that back patio. So um, I just want to, as I said, echo what everybody said and totally support that uh, this this permit uh, change or modification that has to be made, I, I am in complete and uh, the highest support for it. So thank you. Thank hey. you. Thank you, Dr. Hill. Welcome. All right, is there other public comment? No, no more uh, public comment for this item. Okay, public comment is now closed. Do we have a motion? I move approval of this item with staff conditions. Seconded. Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Someone just raised their hand. After we closed it? Yeah. Um, if we closed it, I can't speak. Sorry, caller. We just closed public comment, um, so you won't. We can't hear you. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, seconded. Okay. Uh, let's have a vote, please. Okay. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. And Commissioner Torres. Aye. Your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Congratulations. Okay, the next item on the agenda is item number eight, discussion and possible action to amend the permit conditions of limited live permit performance, sorry, limited live performance permit number EC1716 DVA Trinity located at 1851 Union Street regarding ongoing enforcement actions at the business. Okay, Deputy Director Azevedo, please introduce this permit. Thanks, President Camino. At the request of the Commission, this item was agendized to bring the ownership team of Trinity before the Commission to discuss ongoing violations at the business. As a quick background, Trinity received conditional approval for their LLP permit to host indoor entertainment at our hearing on August 15, 2023. To clarify, the approval was to host indoor entertainment in two locations within their downstairs bar area as well as in their upstairs private event space. As you may recall, Trinity had a situation where they were required to fix all of their do uh, doors downstairs to open outward, and until this was rectified, SFFD required they operate with their doors open. When you conditionally approve their LLP permit, it was contingent on them fixing their doors. Uh, however, the business owners were met with some hurdles in getting these doors fixed, and I was told they were able to finally begin the repairs late last week, but at this time we have still not issued their LLP permit. Between August 15th and September 28th, when I wrote this report, we have received 15 311 sound complaints, as well as multiple direct calls and emails to me about the sound coming from Trinity. Of the 15 complaints, inspectors responded five times and, substanti and substantiated the complaints during three of these visits. I'd like to note that of the 15 complaints, many came in on the same day, and all of the calls and emails that I'm receiving directly are from one neighbor who lives behind the business and experiences disruption from the upstairs private event space. As you may recall from our hearing on September 9th, Inspector Zelenak responded to a complaint at 5.55 p.m., and upon arrival, she observed a DJ performing for a private party. When speaking with one of the owners, Nick, she explained that uh, they didn't have a permit to host entertainment, yet he replied that the DJ wasn't a DJ and that he didn't have control over what they were doing because it was a private event. Inspector Zelenak documented the DJ and upon my review, I can confirm that the person was in fact a DJ. Another important piece to note is that during Inspector Zelenak's visit, she observed that the private party, excuse me, the private room with the event space, where the event space is, um, it leads to an open air patio, so an outdoor patio, and the doors were open during the DJ's performance. When the doors are open while the music is playing, either live or pre-recorded, it causes the music to funnel out of their rear to their rear neighbors and cause a disruption in their homes. And most importantly, the utilization of the patio was not part of the application or the information presented to you when they came to hearing in August. Following the event on September 9th, I issued a citation for hosting entertainment without a permit, and Director Weiland issued a formal notice to appear at tonight's hearing. In that notice, she advised that the business cannot operate any outdoor activity at the premises based on the planning department's recommendation for their LLP permit. 
Unfortunately, the next weekend, another event occurred with the doors open while pre-recorded music played and we received more complaints. Since then, I've had a phone conversation with Johnny, one of the owners and the other owner, Nick, and I have emailed about the existing regulations about their operations and they've both agreed that they understand what's going on. This agenda item tonight is a discussion and possible action in which the commission has the ability to recondition Trinity's permit as you see fit. Although we did not have a specific staff recommendation for re reconditioning at this time, we would suggest at a minimum to remind the permit holder of the importance of following the rules and insurance of ensuring adherence to their permit conditions, namely keeping their upstairs patio doors closed during entertainment and pre-recorded sound. In addition, we are recommending that you ask the owners to clarify the type of entertainment activity they are hosting upstairs. During their intake meeting at hearing the hearing presentation, they mentioned they'd have artists playing on a baby grand piano or like a low key album release party, but their application lists live DJs and bands. So it'd be useful to understand their plans for the space and potentially condition the permit accordingly. A copy of Trinity's conditionally granted LLP permit and original application packet is in your file tonight. And here to speak with you on Zoom are the owners, Nick and Johnny. And I, have, I can answer any questions if you have any for me too, if you do. So Nick, oh, there we go. Yes, please accept when you are um, asked to be. Do we know why they're not here in person? I believe, I believe that Johnny is traveling and Nick indicated that he's working solo at the bar tonight. Nick and Johnny, you should turn on your cameras and microphones, if you can. Go to participants. There you go, that on. There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So. Hi there, can you hear us? Yes, we can hear you. Hi, sorry. Um, I don't know if Johnny's unmuted. There's Johnny. There we go. Uh, we apologize. We can't make it in this evening. Um, fortunately, don't have staff Tuesdays. I'm sorry, do you guys have any comments before we ask you guys questions? Uh, yes, um, I just needed a confirmation that you could hear me, sorry. Um, so I just wanna start off by saying, um, shout out to El Rio as well. Been going there for 10 years since I was 21 and I uh, love that spot. Um, I would also like to get some positive news on our space. Uh, we did get a building permit for our doors. Uh, general contractor is signing um, back to DBI and we should have those doors finished by the end of the week for our downstairs uh, <laughs> permit. Um, the past few months since we appeared before you, 
Um, I've gotten to know your inspectors very well. I get to see them almost every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and that's not only when we have people upstairs. Um, sometimes it's when we have low music downstairs. Um, and uh, I'm not saying that a lot of neighbors are unreasonable, but maybe we might have one or two. Um, secondly, I do not wish to be a nuisance to the neighborhood. Um, I still want to bring the community together in our space. and I still do want to have a diverse um, amount of music and performances. Um, the upstairs, I think I was, Johnny and I were a little bit, um, I guess there was a little mi miscommunication or, or we were not uh, understanding correctly that even with a Bluetooth speaker, we couldn't have normal pre-recorded music up there. Um, we would, I guess, motion or appeal to you, um, the commissioners to uh, let us shut us down, shut down upstairs for entertainment or pre-recording music um, until we can build a roof over the patio where the sound is escaping. Um, I know it might be a costly thing to do, but it looks like that'll be the best course of action for our private event space um, because that is definitely a valuable space for our business to survive. Um, and if we can't have a Bluetooth speaker up there for an engagement party, a 30th birthday party, so on and so forth, even without entertainment, um, then we are going to be missing out on about 50% of our sales. So that, I think that's our course of action is to build an upstairs roof that contains the patio and just shut down all music upstairs. Um, now, that still allows us in the next week, hopefully, to finish that door and have um, live music downstairs um, where it's much more contained. And I believe that the neighbor in the rear was not complaining about that noise. Um, so that that's what I have to say about it. I mean, I, I was a little bit... I guess I didn't realize the upstairs area was so off limits, but uh, I think we understand now with the level amount of complaints coming in. Um, lastly, I think I, I would ask for the timestamps on all these 311 calls. They're all before 10 p.m. They're coming in between like 4 and 10 p.m. So I, I do want to say that we are we are consciously trying to shut things down before 11 because that was kind of our guidelines of loud noises in that neighborhood. Um, thank you. So just to clarify, you are currently providing entertainment both downstairs and upstairs? We are currently providing no live entertainment, pre-recorded, however, yes. Okay. That's correct. Is there, is there a question for me that I can clarify? Yes. Okay. What I wanted to know is, is the upstairs permitted? The upstairs was included in the conditional grant of the LLP permit inside. There was no known usage of a, the, I didn't know the patio existed. That wasn't part of the presentation. But yes, it was approved for indoor entertainment, both upstairs in the private event space and downstairs in the bar but the permit hasn't been issued yet. Got it. 
as of now, we have a, a Bluetooth speaker upstairs. Um, and when we have a private event up there, I, I offer it up as one of the people in the event can link up and play their music. And we try to keep it at a reasonable volume. Um, I was not... I was intentionally not trying to have live music until we got our doors shut downstairs. And uh, so I, I, we, there was no effort for us to book a DJ or book a band or anything since we met. Can you just clarify for me, because I'm drawing a blank on your upstairs. So it sounds like there's an upstairs space that's enclosed, and then there's an upstairs outdoor patio. Am I understanding this correctly? Yeah, the the upstairs space was uh, the the pictures with the with the piano in it, and uh, there are doors that lead onto a small patio. Um, the doors are kind of like accordion doors. Um, they're glass panels, so it kind of looks open regardless, but um, it does double our space up there. So when we had a thirtieth birthday or an engagement party, we we opened that up. And we had pre-recorded music, um, and we did get we could see the inspector several times those nights. Just to clarify, the pre the music was inside, not outside. Yes, there's only one speaker or two speakers up there, both inside. Were were the accordion doors that you referred to open or closed? They are open. But now we're not we're not doing any music up there with the doors open because. We were notified that we were a little confused on the first email, which is my apologies. But now we're not doing any music upstairs unless the doors are closed. And can you guys do me a favor? Maybe I missed it. Can you identify who, who's who? Because I didn't catch that. Which one of you is which? Can you? This is Nick, Nicholas Bonnie. So I know. Um, okay. So Nick, I know now who you are. Got it. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. I, fig I figured after 40 years, you, you know Johnny's voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've, I've been there many times, yes, myself. Um, okay, so can you clarify, Nick, what you just said? You said something about shutting down the upstairs. I'd like to understand what that means, or, or you, I think you used the word revoke or something. Um, so with the amount of noise complaints for upstairs, uh, we've decided just to remove all speakers um, inside and out, pre-recorded. Um, until we can put a little cover over our patio. I just don't, even with those doors closed, they're, they're thin glass panel doors. I still feel like we're going to get 311 calls. Um, I think uh, once our doors downstairs are, are operational, we can do all of our entertainment downstairs live or pre-recorded until we cover that upstairs. Um, I think it's also inevitable with the rainy season to cover that upstairs it's like a win-win for everybody to cover that upstairs the neighbor us and uh this commission okay um deputy director uh i feel like my speaker's not working um you said this application's pending is not issued yet correct so they came to hearing on august 15th and it was approved here with the condition or contingent on them repairing their downstairs doors. They were installed incorrectly. So they had to be, DBI had to come in, get a building permit so they can install them outward for ADA accessibility. Yep. Okay, so it sounds like they've got that DBI sign off and they can start the work this week. 
so right now from August 15th until that is done and I see a sign off from fire, they cannot host entertainment at Trinity upstairs right. or downstairs. Got it. So, um, a thought that I have is what about removing the second floor from their current application? That's um, a path that I'm kind of heading on. If they're not going to use it right now and they don't, doesn't sound like there's immediate plans to enclose it and make it soundproof, I think it's going to make our job in the long run a lot easier if we just focus on the place, the space that's appropriate for live entertainment, which sounds like it's the first floor. So that's just a thought to put out there. And Nick and Johnny, I welcome your reaction to that. And what I would say is when you've done the work to come back to us, I would defer to uh, our deputy director on, on the mechanics of bringing that about. But um, I, I personally am not comfortable having that space on the current application because it's a little unique to be in this scenario uh, on an unissued permit. So we, it is fortuitous for us to correct the application right now. I would agree with you. I think it's a shame that our piano room can't be used for now, but I think it will, like I said, I think everybody will be a little bit more happy with just using the first floor until we have further construction done. I, I think also for both of you, Johnny and Nick, I think it will give you a lot of leverage with the community because I think um, it shows that you're um, seriously taking these concerns um, into in, in, you know, to heart and trying to come up with a, a strategic plan for next steps. That being said, I'm making a suggestion at this point. I haven't even made a motion. So it's, this isn't, it's going to take the full uh, commission vote. Yeah, I don't have any objections to that. I mean, it, you know, when you came in the first time, it was not very long ago. Uh, and you, you were coming in front of us in part because you were uh, producing entertainment, unpermitted entertainment in this space, and I had sort of mixed feelings about moving forward with the LLP. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like we made a good faith effort and, uh, it, you know, sort of... Oh, telling our staff that it's not a DJ when it is a DJ and generating so many complaints before you even are providing permitted live entertainment um, doesn't give me a lot of confidence moving forward. Um, just want to say that, but I appreciate uh, Commissioner Felzone's proposal and that might be a good solution. Yeah, I would just add, I mean, I don't think we have a lot of room on hours. They're already stopping at 11. I think if we get much more restrictive than that, it, there's, no, there's no purpose of having the permit. So um, I, I think that this could be a meaningful uh, foot forward and, and put the um, spotlight back on them to take some actions to build out their upstairs appropriately and then come back to us. So just as a, I don't know if it's a point of process or but we just need to make sure we use the, I think we use the correct language here because the, the, they already have a permit in processing and it hasn't been issued yet. Yep. So, um, and then I could, I could imagine a situation and I think you may be looking now, but where there's other things on their permit and if yep. we do one thing, it may affect the other things. So 
Thank you for bringing that up. There's actually no conditions right now that would contradict Commissioner Falzon's motion. Got it. And so the, the correct language for Commissioner Falzon's motion would be something like um, to recondition their permit so that the allowable area for entertainment is limited to the first floor. Is that okay? That's what he said, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I would defer to staff. I mean, if it's going to be a motion, my, yeah, my motion would be that the only permitted space is the first floor. If we can make that a condition, mm -hmm. that would be my motion. I'm getting good vibes. Yes. So my motion would yeah. be. Yes, but before we go to a motion, let's okay, do a public comment. Yeah, that's I, a great idea. I'd also, President, President Camino, like to just clarify on the record what constitutes a permit being required, right? So uh, per code, the playing of a single unamplified instrument until 10 p.m. doesn't require a permit from our office. So if they were to play the piano upstairs, that would not technically require a permit or pre-recorded music. However, I think it's very important that we keep in mind that the planning department specifically said no outdoor activity at the premises, period, is allowed, which goes back to those doors being open or rather I should say those doors needing to be closed. So I don't want to muddy the waters, but technically there are- yeah, Deputy Director Azevedo, I have one friendly addition to that and just the fact that they would still be a permit holder of ours and would still need to comply with the good neighbor policy, which would require their windows and doors to be closed at all times, even on the second floor even if they're just doing entertainment downstairs or just have a single unamplified performer inside. So that essentially covers um, the requirement to keep those doors closed regardless of that. Okay. All right, thank you for the clarification. Let's hope that folks can follow the rules and let's go to public comment. No public comment on this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Let's get back to this motion. So, getting the cart not before the horse at this point, um, my motion would be that um, the permit applies to the first floor only. And if we can put that into a condition that the allowable, <coughs> that their EC permit applies to the first floor. If that can be um, Commissioner Falzon, just friendly amendment. Again, we're permitting the entire block and lot regardless. So I think that you need to make more clear your condition. I would recommend to capture the idea that you have that you recommend a condition that limits the entertainment activity at this premises to the first floor. I like that. Can that be the motion? <laughs> yes. I think we have a consensus. Yes. So that is my motion. All right. Can we have a second? Friendly corrections. I'll second. All right. Thank you. Can we have a vote, please? Okay. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. Okay. Uh, your permit application is conditionally. Amended? Granted. Uh, please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Okay, the last item on our agenda is item number... Thank you, everyone. Thank Good you. luck, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Be nicer to our staff. 
<laughs> okay, the last item on the agenda is item number nine, commissioner comments and questions. Um, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I would like to uh, pay tribute to the memory and legacy of Senator Diane Feinstein. She was an icon and trailblazer in every sense of the word. Her passing is a tremendous loss to the city and the state and the country. She was a friend and champion of the Filipino community. As mayor, she led the, the uh, trade, friendship, and um, cultural delegation to Manila. In 2017, she introduced legislation to reunite Filipino World War II veterans with their families. And just three years ago, she introduced a bipartisan, bicameral resolution to recognize October as Filipino American History Month to recognize and honor um, and celebrate the history and culture of Filipino Americans. And it also honors Filipino American contributions and key role in shaping our country. So today, as, as we begin Filipino American History Month, um, I would like to honor her legacy of selfless service as mayor of San Francisco and senator representing the state of California. Thank you, Commissioner Perez, and congratulations to our new senator, LaFonza Butler. Uh, go ahead. Um, I just want to, uh, I serve on the board of directors of the GLBT Historical Society, and we're going to be holding our annual gala on October 14th at the Marines Memorial uh, Theater. And we are honoring, among other people, we are posthumously honoring Heclina, uh, who, um, among other things, has contributed, her estate has contributed a number of her um, uh, items, memorabilia, and papers to the Historical Society. So we are honored to um, hold the memory of a lot of queer nightlife uh, going back to, to Sylvester and beyond. So um, if you appreciate queer nightlife and entertainment, uh, please come out and support the Historical Society and its uh, efforts to preserve those memories. Thank you. Thank Is there like a link or something to this? I can send you one. Would you? Yes. I really appreciate it. Sure. You know, I'm actually on the board of directors of Guardians of the City, which yeah. is the first responder museum for San Francisco. Oh, cool. I did. So I think we should be there. Yes. To support you. Um, I just wanted to uh, note that there is a present, uh, a, um, a presentation at the San Francisco Public Library on October 26th highlighting um, the 16th Street Corridor as a center of queer, uh, Latine, Latinx um, nightlife in the form of Esta Noche and La India Bonita that were um, that were no, are now closed. But um, our mother, one of our recent applicants, um, uh, they uh, now operate in Esta Noche space. Anyways, they'll be um, showing um, some archival films and ephemera from that time period at the main branch. Okay, thank you. All right, is there any public comment on this item? No public comment on this item. Okay, public comment is now closed. Okay, this meeting is adjourned at 6.49 p.m. Thank you, everybody.
Bye, friends.